0: Hi, this is Kate Orsthazen from the Shepson & Wiley Family Law Department and I'm here with my
1: colleague, Candace. Hi, I'm Candace Eve Fries. I'm also a partner in the Child and Family Law Department at Shepson & Wiley. In the last episode, we briefly spoke on the issues of child custody, guardianship and parental rights and responsibilities. So following on from that, we are now going to discuss today specifically with regards to decision making, what major decisions and minor decisions one has when one is given parental rights and responsibilities. So Kate, what does the Children's Act say about parents making major decisions with regards to children?
0: I think to start off with, we must differentiate between major and minor decisions. Minor decisions are really those day-to-day decisions you make in respect of your children. You know, what cereal they have for breakfast. Are they allowed cereal at all? Whereas major decisions are things like uh, what school they will attend, what religion they are, whether or not you are able to relocate with your
1: children. Okay, so if that's the case, who gets to make those minor decisions on a day-to-day basis? Is that the primary caregiver or is that both parties who have parental rights and responsibilities? Generally speaking, whoever has care of the child at that point gets to make
0: those decisions. So if, for example, the child is living with mother during the week, she can decide their schedule and their routine, whereas when they're with dad, they would do something entirely different.
1: And does the same apply for major decisions such as schooling, religion? Do they need to consult in any way with regards to major decisions? In terms of the Children's Act, Section 31 says
0: that in terms of any major decisions that need to be made in respect of children, there is a consultation that is required between parents. What's interesting about that is that the parents need to consult with each other, as in sit down and talk about it and air each other's views, but that does not necessarily mean that they have to agree. In the event that parents don't agree and there's some sort of deadlock, there are various
1: options. Would you like to talk about those? Yes, so the options in so far as a deadlock or dispute is concerned. Obviously, there's always the option to go to court. You can go to Children's Court or High Court. Both of those have jurisdiction when it comes to disputes regarding children. However, if it involves guardianship rights, then you do need to go to the High Court because the High Court deals with matters of status. Yeah. And the
0: High Court is also upper guardian of all minors. So where you've got parents with equal rights and responsibilities, if they cannot agree, the High Court can break that deadlock. Of course, that's a very adversarial process. And you don't necessarily want to go to court.
1: What are the other options that are available to people if they don't want to litigate? Well, the one of those is mediation. So if you and your ex,
0: Or simply the other parent need to resolve a dispute you and you need a referee you can go to mediation where an accredited mediator will help
1: the two of you break the deadlock another alternative is the office of the family advocate what is the office of the family advocate I hear that being bandied about all of the time when people are speaking about divorce litigation what does the family advocate do and where are they located The family advocate, in the most basic sense, acts
0: as the court's eyes and ears in matters involving children. Because as you can imagine, uh, a judge hears many cases in a day and cannot necessarily go and do home visits. In fact, it's especially rare for them to do so. So the office of the family advocate is a government office that's located very close to court, and there you have trained professionals with a legal background. Generally, with social workers, etc., who will interview both parties and the children and produce a report
1: and recommendations as to what's in a child's best interests. What happens if I was to get a family advocate's report and the recommendations there I'm unhappy with? Am I forced to accept those recommendations or are there further options available to me if I want to take the matter further? I think this is the point where family law can become a little complicated
0: and where someone may need guidance so what I would recommend as a first port of call in that instance is perhaps to get an attorney to give you some advice and to give you some direction but otherwise what you could potentially do is obtain the advice of an independent expert such as a psychologist but Candice you've had a lot of experience with that as well.
1: Yes I think that the problem comes in where often these family advocates' reports are not thorough enough. I know that I've had clients who said to me that they feel that tiny snippets of what they've revealed have been taken out of context and put in the report, and they come to a conclusion which they don't think is fair. So in those scenarios, it's better to have a full investigation done and that is usually done by a professional like a child psychologist, specifically a forensic child psychologist who has experience in this field. Yeah, the, the benefit of that is that a psychologist can meet with
0: you for a number of sessions, before producing a report, they can do home visits, etc. The family advocate is a wonderful branch of government who does a lot of good work, but they do have a very limited period of time. And another potential pitfall is that you often have one parent who is a lot more vocal than the other. So they can monopolize the family advocate's time whereas if you can have an individual session with a psychologist, for example, or perhaps a social worker as a more cost-effective option, you can make sure that your points come across as strongly. If there is a dispute regarding care and contact, and it's something that you feel will be very difficult to resolve, and that sometimes happens when you have one party who's being, in your view, especially unreasonable, that you need to go get the advice of the relevant expert because they can guide you in what to do and how to prepare for this sort of thing to help you achieve your best outcome for your child.